Chapter 11 of Billy Whiskers The Autobiography of a Goat This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Read by Tom Merritt Billy Whiskers The Autobiography of a Goat by Francis Trago Montgomery Chapter 11 Billy and the Snakes The next day after Billy's midnight prowl, which was Saturday, there was great commotion among the circus people, for the leading lady accused her rival, the brunette, of coming into her dressing room while she slept and destroying her blonde wig, while the popcorn man said, thieves had been at his stand and broken his glass case and eaten his popcorn. Beside, they had spilled all his lemonade that he had intended using the next day. The night watchman was going to be discharged for not attending to his business. Then the Indian snake charmer came along and told them the thief had visited his tent, but his snakes had frightened him away. And he was a big fellow, I can tell you. I did not dare tackle him. Oh, my, said the leading lady. And to think he was in my tent, and I slept through it all. There, I told you I did not touch your old straw-colored wig, said the brunette. And they all said, do tell us all about it. What time of the night did he come? And which way did he go when he ran away? All right said the snake charmer. With a twinkle in his eye, the others did not see. Sit down, and I will tell you all about it. How I was awakened by a groan and saw standing in the middle of my tent a huge fellow with a long white beard and white agonized face. For you must know that my boa constrictor was squeezing him to death. Oh, how awful! Weren't you frightened? said the leading lady. No, because I knew he could not touch me while the snake was coiled around him. At first I thought I would let the boa kill him, but he looked so awful with his eyes sticking out of his head as the snake squeezed him tighter and tighter that I felt sorry for him. So I began to play the music I always play when I want the snakes to come to me. And the boa stopped squeezing the goat and came to me. Goat, did you say? You mean burglar. No, I mean goat. Or burglar, if you would rather call him so. For the thief was nothing more or less than Billy Whiskers. You mean horrid man to fool us so, they all said. And the snake charmer got up and hurried out of the tent for he saw blood in the eye of the champion boxer, and he thought he had better get out before the man took hold of him. Saturday was to be the last day of the circus in Smithville, and immediately after the evening performance, they were to break camp and move in the night, and be on the road all day Sunday, traveling to the next town, where they were booked to give a performance on Monday morning. Now all this meant quick work and rapid travel, as they could not go by train, there being no railroad to this town. So they had to have their circus horses and wagons 
move them. When Billy heard them talking about moving, he thought it would be great fun and looked forward to it with pleasure. But he little knew what was before him. During the morning performance, Billy behaved all right. But in the afternoon, he was so excited and anxious to be off that he behaved very badly. He ran around the ring so fast that when the monkey jumped through the paper hoops expecting to land on Billy's back, he was beyond him, and the monkey landed on the ground and had to run to catch up. This made the ringmaster angry, and he hit Billy with a sharp cut with his whip. But instead of making him behave better, he got worse and worse. He would stand still and shake himself until he nearly made the monkey's bones crack. And when the ringmaster hit him, he stood on his hind legs, and the monkey had to cling to his horns to keep from falling off. When Billy found he could not throw the monkey, he ran for the pole in the center of the ring that supported the tent and tried to butt him off. But the monkey was too quick for him and dodged every time. At last, Billy tried rolling with him. But this the ringmaster could not allow, as it would ruin the saddle strapped to his back. He gave him a few good cuts with a whip that stung like everything, and this turned Billy's wrath from the monkey to him. And like a shot, he was up and after the ringmaster. He planted his horns in the middle of the ringmaster's back and ran him to the edge of the ring, where he gave him a butt that sent him flying to the other tent. Billy was punished for this and told he should have no supper. And he understood what they said, although they did not suppose he did. All right, he thought, no supper, no performance, for I won't behave and take my part unless I am fed. But I will find something to eat, even if they won't feed me, for a goat can eat almost anything from tin cans to apples. The man who had tied Billy had scarcely gotten out of sight when he commenced to chew his rope in two, and when it dropped apart, Billy walked over and commenced to eat the elephant's food. This the elephant did not like. He told Billy to stop and go eat his own supper, but Billy would not. Neither would he take the trouble to explain to the elephant that he hadn't any supper and was expected to go supperless. Now, if he had only told the elephant, who had always been a good friend of his, he would gladly have given him half his supper. But Billy was in a contrary mood and would say nothing, but kept on eating. This provoked the elephant. So he quietly wound his trunk around Mr. Billy and, lifting him from the ground, set him on top of the lion's cage that was standing near. Billy was more surprised when he found himself standing on top of the lion's cage than he had ever been in his life, but only for a minute, for he jumped down and disappeared through a tear in the canvas of the tent. As he ran away, he heard all the animals laughing, though you might have called it the lion's roar and the hyena's call. And above all the racket, he heard the head animal keeper asking what all this racket was about. And although they all tried to tell him by each giving his particular call, he was too stupid to understand animal talk, so lost 
stopped all the fun of the joke. When Billy came through the side of the tent, he found himself near the tent where the horses and ponies were kept. Smelling corn and oats, he walked in, and while talking to his particular friends, the Shetland ponies, he helped himself to their supper. While in this tent, he became acquainted with a little Mexican Barroetta that was destined to become his closest companion and friend in the future. The Barroetta was just his height, of a mouse color, with a white streak down its spine and four white stockinged feet. But the most peculiar thing about its looks was its exceedingly long ears ears that were as long as Billy's horns. It was the cutest, smartest little creature you ever saw, and had most beautiful, large, liquid eyes. It looked as mild as a dove, but was quite deceiving, for it was as full of the old scratch as Billy himself. It must have been this kindred spirit that drew them together from the first. That night, the people had come to the circus, looked at the animals, and passed into the performing tent. Several things of the program had been gone through with, and it was Billy's turn to perform next. And still, Billy had not been found. Every man and woman on the place had been looking for him. But though they had hunted everywhere, and inquired of everyone if he had seen a large white goat with long whiskers, no one had seen him, and they were about to substitute something else for his performance when one of the men, coming into the pony's tent for something, saw Billy lying down by the little Barroetta. Here, Billy, you rascal, come along with me. We have been looking everywhere for you. And Billy was led off and made to go through his performance. But tonight he was cross and still angry with the ringmaster. So when about through with the imitation of the professor, he leaned over and took a mouthful of the leaves of the book and chewed them up. Then he stood up in his chair with his gown and spectacles on, and before anyone could stop him, he had jumped down and ran out of the tent with the spectacles still on his nose and his gown trailing after him. The excitement and confusion this caused in the circus knew no bounds, and when the children discovered that the astrologer was nothing more or less than an ordinary goat, and that his voice had come from a man who was a ventriloquist hid under the platform. Their disgust was complete, and it broke up the circus performance for that night. Billy chewed, wriggled, and pulled at his gown until he tore it off, and then he kicked up his heels and disappeared in the darkness outside, and he was careful to keep in the shadows away from the light so no one could see him, for he had sense enough to know that he had done wrong and would be punished if caught. End of chapter 11